This is the Balanced Artist Podcast, where we help the purpose-driven creator's journey suck a little less and thrive a little more. Hosted by award-winning musician, TEDx speaker, and comedian, Rory Gardner. Who? We chat with experts who help level up your creative career by reframing your lifestyle as a balanced artist. Hello and welcome back to the Balanced Artist Podcast, our first episode of 2022. How was your year? Was it a good one? Was 2021 all you would hope it would be and more? Well, if it wasn't, there's probably a few things that we can do to improve your productivity. So let's start the year off right and I'll share with you the five things that I plan to do this year to make myself more productive. Number one, set a daily goal. If you're anything like me, your to-do list is way too long. Like literally 20 things I have to do by the end of the day or else I'll feel like a failure. Usually it's one or two big things and then the rest of them are just small things. And like anyone else, I always tackle the small easy ones first because it feels good to knock things off the list. But as we know, uh, it's probably better if we just kick that big thing off the list and then focus on the smaller ones after because they're probably easier to execute and we will feel like less of a disaster uh, once we finish that big one. I had mentioned a few episodes ago, eat that frog. It's like an old saying where if it's like the first thing you do each morning is eat a live frog, then you'll have the satisfaction of knowing that you're done with the worst thing you'll have to do all day. And that's a book by Brian Tracy. I don't know if he's actually eating the frogs. God only knows that gross, right? But uh, for him, eating that frog is a metaphor for tracking your most challenging task, but also the one that can have the greatest positive impact on your life. I often get to the end of the day and then I haven't accomplished the big one, but I've knocked down the 19 small ones that I have to do. And although I feel like I accomplished something, I really didn't accomplish a whole heck of a lot because I still have that big thing to do the next day. And then I'll probably push that off to the Wednesday or the Thursday. And then the weekend comes and you're like, oh my God, what a brutal week. I didn't do anything. Anyway, (laughs) that's how I, maybe I'm I'm hard on myself. So that's, you know, maybe you're different, but. That's my story, and let's move on to number two, removing distractions. My attention gets taken away. It's so easy to distract me and get my attention just taken. I, like I'm one of those people who just love shiny things, right? So if I have a ping or a something pops up or a sound occurs, my attention is taken away. Like as a creative person, we love flow state, right? It takes about 20 minutes to get into our flow state, and that's a long commitment. Like it takes 20 minutes to get into that perfect rhythm where just ideas are coming and you're being completely creative. And if you get distracted, now you have another 20 minutes to where you get back into that, I'm going to say flow state again, (laughs) into that rhythm of uh, where all your best ideas come from. So if we can avoid distractions and just really hammer out that deep focus, then we could probably create our best kind of work. Well, how do you do that? For me, I had to like put my cell phone in a completely different room because it, I'm addicted to it. And it's a, if it goes off or makes a sound or anything, I'm going to grab it. It's even habitual. Just even if it's not making a sound, I'll grab it out of habit. If it's in my sight, I will grab it. So I put my phone in the other room. I don't do this, but I've heard some people do this where they literally they, they put their they turn the Wi-Fi off. You know what I mean? Like on their computer, on their laptop, so that 
you're not you you know that you can't check your email or anything you can't go to a website you can't open new tabs you have to finish whatever it is you're doing hopefully it's not internet related uh, but but not just by being disconnected from anything related to the web is is a big hand does that mean it was easier to focus before the internet like back in the like were people just like working away in the 80s and then like oh my God, I really got to check the encyclopedia really bad. Like, I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't remember. I was a kid back then. Let's move on. Maybe you just need to isolate in a room, like solitary confinement. Just just go and do your thing. And then when you're done, come up for air. And there you go. If you have children, it's... that's it. Remember homeschooling when we had to do that during this whole lockdown? It was... You could not get a thing. I didn't get anything done for six straight months. It was all small tasks. It was all very surface level stuff. And I had to wait until school started again for them, for me to get back into some of the deep work. It's hilarious. Like the first week of school, I think I finished an entire album. I could be exaggerating, but listen. I've heard of authors who literally have to leave their family for a week or two. They, They just go rent a hotel room for a week and just finish their book. It's just, that's all they do for 10, 12 straight hours a day is just work, 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 work. And then they come back and be a family again, but to each their own. Number three, work in short bursts. Some people can focus forever. Not me and not most people. That's why we work in short bursts, 20, 30 minutes of just non-interrupted, focused work, come up for about 15 minutes of air, have a little bite to eat, do whatever you need to do, but then come back for another 20 or 30 minutes of complete focused work. And that's just, and that's been proven to be more effective than, you know, four hours on, take a lunch break, and then do another four hours. Like it's just, it doesn't work. You're not effective, but if you do it in a shorter burst, then it just makes a bigger impact over the course of the entire day. That's especially true with creativity. And I find even if I if I hit a you know a roadblock with the, and I I'm out of ideas, I can't think of anything, something is just not flowing properly, I'll take a break, I'll go for a walk, literally a 30-minute walk where my subconscious can just do the work for me. I come back and now I have a bunch of new ideas and I can overcome whatever it was it was blocking me before and I can just continue along with the day. So that's why these short periods of, of real deep focus paired with small breaks is just perfect for optimizing your day. Number four, stop multitasking. Now I can consider myself a pretty good multitasker, or at least I think so. I can juggle. In fact, my day it really does consist of a lot of juggling But at the end of the day, you feel as though you didn't accomplish a heck of a lot. You were busy and you feel exhausted by the end of the day, but you'd really, I don't feel like I really seized all the opportunities they had set up for that day just because I'm trying to juggle too many plates at once. So if we go back to our, like number one, which was set a daily goal, just focus on that one thing. You might have to set up your entire week this way. You might have to like day one, Monday, you're working on this thing. Day two, Tuesday, you're working on this thing. By the time Friday comes, you've overcome five giant tasks you had to do this week. And then you can spend the weekend doing whatever the heck it is you want to do. Be the weekend warrior. Be the family person. Be the heavy drinking person. I don't know what you do, but the point is, 
multitasking is proven not to work, but if you remove all your distractions and you set your daily goals and you work in short bursts, then you don't have to multitask because everything's already aligned for you. Number five is one that I, I come back and forth to year on, year off. Derek Sivers popularized this one. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. This is when you take on too much. People ask you to do things and it's hard to say no. And so you just take on everything. And then once you do that, you don't necessarily leave room for the things that you actually want to do. You almost have to 80-20 everything in your life. Okay, 20% of the stuff you take on probably accounts for 80% of the results. So you got to decide what's in that 20%. Okay, if it's not a hell yes, it's like, yeah, I really want to do that thing, then just say no. Okay, if it's really that important, it'll pop back up again. All right, but if it's not that important, just say no or not right now and just move it along and then focus on what it is that you definitely want to do. Now, at the early stages of your career, say yes to everything, literally everything, because we're desperate and we need things. We need to gain experience. But once you get to a point where it's just way too busy and people realize that you're uber talented, they want to take advantage of all your talents and creativity you're gonna have to start saying no. It, it feels weird and you feel bad almost like saying no to things because there was a point in your life when you would just, you'd have to say yes because you just wanted anything. I remember those days. They were not ideal days. They were, those were called the hungry years. But I still feel it today. When people ask me to do things, I have a hard time saying no because I remember what it was like when I would do anything, anytime for probably no money, just because I love to do it and I wanted the experience. But then you get to a point where you're so overwhelmed and then you have to just, if it's not a hell yes, it's got to be a no. Because then you take on that thing, you say yes to the thing. I, I remember on specific, like tons of occasions, people would be like, can you can you come play music at my wedding? I'm like that's doesn't sound, that's not fun at all. But you do it because, you know, you don't have anything booked that day and then they're going to pay you and it's going to be a, cool catered dinner and uh and then all of a sudden oh a big you know headline position comes up where you're gonna open up for a big touring act and now you can't take it because you already booked that gig this happened several occasions well now what am i supposed to do like now i can't i can't bail on this bride who's asked me to play at her special day ruining people's lives when you do this so i've had to decline a lot of amazing opportunities that i wish i had taken or, or left myself room for in the schedule but we learn from our mistakes. Okay, so that's the top five. Those are the things that I'm going to focus on this year. I think I, I fringe all of these throughout the years, but I, I really need to really focus on these and, and make it a point to take these on a little bit more seriously because no matter where you are at your career, like they're just as important. I want to wish all of you a happy new year. I hope for the best for you in 2022. This is the start of a new year, new beginning. Go out there and do what is. God, I really need a catchphrase for this friggin' podcast. I need, could you just, you know what? Can you email me or, or just, just DM me on Instagram or Facebook? Just come up with a catchphrase for the balanced artist. Just, hey, be balanced in the new year. I don't, I don't know. Just something, I can't. I'm too close to this whole thing. We're 52 or 54 episodes in or something like that. And I, I'm out of ideas. I have nothing, but uh, anyway, good luck this year guys. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye. 
That's all we've got for this episode of the podcast. We have new shows every week, so remember to hit subscribe and share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from becoming a balanced artist.